0: Welcome to OCD Whisperer podcast, where we talk about all things OCD. The show is for educational purposes and is not intended to replace professional mental health care. Here's your host, Christina Orlova.
1: Welcome to OCD Whisperer Podcast. Today, I have um, a different episode for you guys. I'm going to have you meet my partner, Jasmeet Singh, and we're going to talk a little bit today about uh, subtypes. That was one of the questions that uh, you guys wanted to know about. Meet, um, why don't you actually introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do kind of in your just in your professional life.
0: I'm a scientist, specifically a molecular biologist. Mm-hmm. Um That's pretty much my professional life until recently. I started doing photos, um, headshots specifically, and uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, Um, and I'm a therapist, as you guys know, and I also run the Mastering OCD membership and this podcast as resources to help the OCD community. So um, one of the things that people with OCD I think sometimes get unsure about is you know, how does OCD show up for me? What kind of subtype do I have? What is a subtype? So that was a question that we actually got asked. So let me ask you first, um, you know, how does your OCD manifest? What would you say is your subtype?
0: It's interesting because I've talked to a therapist before about my subtype. And weirdly enough, I checked boxed every single subtype or mostly every single one because my OCD latches on to what I'm stressed out about on that day specifically so one day if I'm in a tense situation in a relationship I will have relationship OCD friendship romantic whatever the second day it might be uh contamination the third day it might be a fear of getting broken into or I'm forgetting something so it just it literally shifts it can shift hour by hour
1: That's actually really interesting. Yeah. Because I'd say for me, for example, my subtype is, or my themes, however you want to kind of term it, but, um, I tend to get stuck on relationship OCD and that literally can show up in obviously, you know, romantic relationships, but also like in friendships um, and with colleagues, because, you know, we all relate to each other. Right. So we're always in relationships. Um, I also have constant fear of doing something wrong. And then at times, of course I actually do do something wrong. So it's kind of like becomes like a real event. um, And then that fear gets triggered. um, And then I also deal with perfectionism and Yeah. I think, you know, one of the things that I find interesting kind of being together and both of us having OCD is, you know, our, my experience at least is that we kind of have things show up differently for us, but also sometimes it can be similar. And like, I know when I'm having, you know, a relationship OCD moment, like you know how to recognize it or see a trigger, and sometimes even you've been really helpful in calling me out on something or or kind of telling me like you're like I think I think, you know, are, are you upset or what's going on? So you'll ask me sometimes questions, right? Because you'll see it. Mm-hmm. Like, is there something specifically that you maybe noticed that um, you could kind of speak to us too?
0: About you specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh. One thing I notice about you is that you will repeat a question three or four times that is minute and I would never have glanced over it again. Um for example, if I'm a hypothetical situation, if you go out with a friend and you process this conversation with me later on, you will ask me a couple of times, hey, did I do the right thing? Did I do the right thing? Or this is what happened, did I do the right thing? When Personally, I believe it's just a simple detail that should just be looked past. So that's like an example of what I catch you on.
1: Yeah, totally. And I know that another time um, earlier on, I remember something we we're doing and I kind of jumped into, into like this catastrophic outcome or jumped to some conclusion. And you you looked at me and you're like, look at you jumper. <laughs> and I actually found that helpful because I was like, oh yeah, you're right. Like I jumped to conclusions a lot. Um, just like with you, like I've noticed sometimes certain behaviors that I'm like, Hey, what is that? Right. And I'll just start to ask you, like, I'm noticing you're kind of going back and forth or maybe you're kind of looking at something. Right. And I think it kind of helps. So, so in terms of speaking to subtypes, I think sometimes it helps at least in my case to know, because I understand OCD, right. And specialize on it, but also like just to know kind of the things to look out for, to then know how to support you. Right. And just like for you to know and see For me, you know, what you might notice and because you know OCD and then how to support me.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because you have like a polar opposite of OCD that I have. I predominantly get checking. I do a lot of checking and physical types of OCD. So I understand the thought pattern. Mm -hmm. With you, since it's relationship-based, I understand the thought pattern, even though I don't, even though relationship OCD is probably like 2% 2% of my entire OCD. Hmm. I still understand the thought pattern that goes behind it and the actions that surround it, which is why I can catch on to it easily.
1: Yeah. And so I think that that's exactly it. So, so in terms of, you know, hopefully what I'm, I'm, you know, you guys are learning and kind of hearing from this is that, you know, when you're in a relationship with somebody and you both have OCD, one, it's really helpful to talk about it just openly and honestly. Right. And I know in the beginning you were really nervous about telling me because you're like, oh, my gosh, she specializes in this and she has a podcast on this. <laughs> but I, I think, you know, the more we've been able to talk about it, it's allowed both of us to be more vulnerable and to also understand each other's um, you know, nuances and kind of and then know how to respond and how to support. Right. and And know, like for me, when, you know, sometimes I do need to talk something out with you. Right. And then also times where we need to set some boundaries so really learning and knowing the theme that your OCD shows I think is really beneficial wouldn't you say yeah right like like I think one of the other things that you were talking to me the other day about is triggers right like knowing your triggers Mm -hmm. right like so why would you say that's important
0: knowing your triggers so normally when a trigger is present it what it does is it skews your emotions in one way or another, right? Predominantly angry or frustrated in the OCD world or stressed out. And when you get to identify your triggers, what it allows you to do is it separates, you get to separate yourself from that emotion the trigger causes. Mm -hmm. So the, the trigger might cause a stressful response. And when you identify that trigger, you get to just take a step back and be mindful of how your, your thought process is getting skewed, but you know it's because of that trigger. If you don't know what the trigger is, you can just be swayed away, like literally into just this emotional response that you have no idea what's happening or why it's happening because you don't know what the trigger is.
1: Yeah. And you know, I have one more question I wanna ask you, um, and I think maybe it might be helpful for you guys to hear, which is what's one tool that you use specifically for yourself um, to kind of stay grounded and balanced and and manage your OCD
0: um, mindfulness i I know I know that it's really hard for the human brain to think and feel at the same time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So with my checking OCD, I would literally check the door before going to work for twenty minutes. I would check the oven, the stove for 10 minutes, the bath in front of another 10 minutes. It was it literally became an hour-long process from being ready to going to my car. Mm-hmm. And that hour was just spent in a stressful, it was so stressful. And the moment I started practicing mindfulness before bed or whatever, mm-hmm. it allowed me to realize it's like what mindful anchors can I hold on to when I'm in a stressful O C D response so usually it's feeling the sensation of my feet touching the floor that's an anchor for me some people it's the breath when i know i'm when i know there's a trigger present and i know my emotions are being skewed one way Mm -hmm. i focus on my anchor which is my feet touching the floor i feel it and it just disintegrates it dissolves that the emotional thought process going on so it's like a little 30 second mindfulness and it just stops everything I get to go on in the day.
1: Wow, that's amazing! And so, how often do you practice uh, mindfulness or meditation?
0: Uh, I try to every day for 15 minutes a day, Um, and but it's like it's it's a gym for your brain. You get to practice focusing on your anchors, which is your bodily sensations or your breath, which helps you in your OCD world when you're in the real world, walking, running around so
1: yeah Yeah, that's awesome so i hope this was helpful guys this is us and now you got to meet us and now you got to learn a little bit about kind of how we operate and what we do so and with just meet um he also is the one who introduced me to a couple of different meditation practices that are free and and uh, you can youtube them or you find them on spotify and i will include those in the show notes andrew johnson is one of them um and so yeah thanks for listening and see you guys in the next episode thank you for listening to OCD Whisperer Podcast.
0: To get additional support with OCD and have your personal questions answered, whether you are newly diagnosed, got through treatment and need help maintaining progress, or you can't afford treatment, visit Christina's on-demand Mastering OCD membership at masteringocd.com.